Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, our uh, number three creaky voice. And I haven't even popped open a cold one yet. Fourth of July, it's Independence Day. Hopefully you, with your family, I appreciate it. You're on the road listening on radio, XM Sirius. You're watching on FS1. There's a lot of choices out there. Certainly appreciate it. I want to thank Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, for stopping by earlier today. Took 10 minutes away from his family. Same for Nick Wright, who was on First Things First after our show. Appreciate him stopping by. Uh, people pulling themselves away from their family or time. And I certainly appreciate you, Ryan, showing up today. J-Mac's in tomorrow for me. I'm going to be with fam. Then J-Mac and I will both be back Thursday and Friday. Appreciate your patience with that. It is nice to be in. And uh, it's mostly, uh, hopefully we'll get over these uh, 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 travel delays and people can be with their family this week. It is one of the great weeks. Uh, In this country, the 4th of July is my favorite holiday, and I'll be with fam just in about an hour, but I do appreciate you stopping by. So, reading this morning, preparing for the show, that the Sports Illustrated put out a story on the Cowboys, and that the pressure is really high for America's team, Dak Prescott, to get over the hump this year in his career. This Cowboy team is going to be much more Dak-dependent. Zeke is gone. Amari Cooper is gone. Dalton Schultz is gone. His great offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is gone. Uh, Tyron Smith is almost gone. He gives you about half a season, the great all-time left tackle. This is a very Dak-dependent team. And that's okay. Dak pre-big contract, when he had more help, won 62.5% of his games and got a playoff win. Take away the franchise year, the year he was hurt. Post big money, little less help. He's won actually 67% of his games and another playoff win. The NFC, I would argue, is a bit weaker. That's where the wins came from. But Dak has always been a um, a little bit more athletic Kirk Cousins. He's Kirk Cousins with a star on his helmet. Is there huge pressure for Kirk Cousins to get over the hump this year? Or do we sort of know what Kirk Cousins is. We know what Kirk Cousins is, and we know what Dak is. In fact, if you look at Dak through his seven years and Kirk through his 11, they're identical identical quarterbacks. Their passer ratings are both 97.8. Their completion percentages, 66%. Touchdown to interception ratio, 2.5 to 1. Kirk averages 
you know, four more yards passing a game, 261 to 257. One has a star on their helmet. I feel the exact same way with both. I trust them. They're adults. They're franchise quarterbacks. They win a lot of games. On any Sunday, they're A minus, but mostly log in at about B plus plus. And they're both fourth round picks with kind of low ceilings who are not going to ever outduel regularly star quarterbacks in this league. This league, though not as much as the NBA, is largely defined by the end of the year. You can keep your job if you just get into the playoffs. NBA, you know, you win titles or you're not MJ. But if you go since Dak entered the league to the most January and February playoff wins, Dak is tied for 11th. And that's about where I put him. 11th. Brady's got 13. Mahomes, 11. Burrow, 5. Aaron Rodgers, Stafford. Jimmy Garoppolo got 4. Breeze and Matt Ryan, 3. And then Dak shows up sort of coupled in with a lot of guys at 2. Guys like Brock Purdy and Blake Bortles and Ryan Tannehill. 11th most January, February wins since he broke into the league. Haven't I always argued Dak is about the 11th or 12th or 13th best quarterback? I mean, maybe Dak gets over the hump this year and pops. And maybe Kirk Cousins does too. The upside to being the quarterback for a team with a star on the helmet is Dak has made a bloody fortune in endorsements. Good for him. He's more talked about but he's also more criticized and expectations are higher. Somebody told me years ago, happiness is directly connected to expectations. Don't expect Dak with less help. No Zeke, no Dalton Schultz, no Kellen Moore. Tyron Smith is fading. Tony Pollard off a big injury, a twisted ankle to CD lamb. It's a below average receiving core. It's ridiculous to expect Dak to get over the hump or pop in year Eight, as it would be for Kirk Cousins in year 12. Happy fourth. So uh, I saw this story. Damian Lillard would prefer to go to the Miami Heat. Well, I think a lot of players would prefer to spend their winters and springs in Miami next to aqua water. Miami's a great place to go. A lot of people in their career, Shaq preferred to go to Miami. LeBron did, Bosch did, Gary Payton did, Antoine Walker did, D-Wade left for an hour to Chicago and went back. A lot of people prefer to go to Miami. Eric Spolstra, great owner, Pat Riley. They've always got star players, a winning organization. But Portland can send him wherever they want. I hear this regularly. Hey, you treat a player poorly, a star player, and he'll talk. Players will not go to your organization. You'll get a bad rep. Yeah, because all those free agents for the last 30 years flocking to Portland. You don't win with free agents anyway. Take LeBron out. Find me all the guys in this league in 20 years swooping in to save a franchise. By the way, you could say, look at, look at what LeBron did in Miami. Yeah, Shaq did it. Jimmy Butler almost did it. A lot of guys have won in Miami. D-Wade was the constant, not LeBron. Let me give you 38 NBA titles. MJ was six. Magic with five. Duncan with five. Bird with three. Seeing a trend? Drafted and developed by their team. Steph with four. Kobe, five. Dirk, one. D-Wade, three. Jokic, Giannis, one. Akeem, two. Isaiah Thomas, two. No free agents. The history of this league, draft and develop your star and build around him. But what about Kevin Durant? What about him? The Warriors won before him, during his stay in the Bay, and after him. What about LeBron? Well, yes, he's probably the greatest basketball player of all time. Patrick Mahomes is becoming that guy where the rules don't really count for him. He kind of bursts through everything. LeBron James... Yeah, you can take all the stuff. It, he's an outlier. 
You, you can't take the greatest. You could take Jokovic, Wimbledon. You could take the greatest tennis player, Serena, you know, Messi. Yes, for the greatest anything in any business, the rules are different. The culture's different. They change the temperature in every room they're in. LeBron saved a messy franchise, the Lakers, by arriving, and a doormat for years, Cleveland, by arriving twice and winning one title. But the truth is, Miami won with Wade with multiple partners. I gave you 38 titles, drafted and developed stars. And again, even KD, they won before him and after him. So here's what I've learned about players. They're going to go where the money is. They don't care. It's not like Portland was getting free agents all the time anyway. It's geographically isolated, the wet winters, not a lot of media coverage. Nike's around the corner. That's not bad, but you can get that Nike contract playing in Miami or Philadelphia too. Players have always taken care of players. LeBron was D-Wade's best friend. He left, didn't give him a heads up. KD bailed on Westbrook, Steph, Kyrie. <laughs> Kawhi bailed on Greg Popovich. Beautiful, wonderful people in Toronto. Players take care of players. They always have and they always will. And I'm not criticizing them for it. Be loyal to your family. Probably not a basketball team or a city you weren't born in. But I don't think organizations have to, ooh, tread lightly. You don't want to offend the star. Again, LeBron and D-Wade were guys. Tight. LeBron bailed and D-Wade didn't see it coming. LeBron's in... He's a corporation, and LeBron took care of LeBron, and KD's taking care of KD. That's the way the league works. That's the way the league has always worked. The idea that a player would go, you know, I would love to go to Portland, but I don't like the way they treated Dame. Oh, you mean the $233 million they paid him while he was there, and the $450 million he'll get all in by the end of of his last four-year deal, Portland treated him great. He was great to Portland. I'm not treading lightly. I'm going to send him whoever gives me the best deal. I would prefer to send him to the Eastern Conference, Miami. It'd make me feel better if I sent him to a place where he could flourish, but Dame's going to be good wherever he goes. But I would send him to San Antonio, too, that was the worst team in the league. If they gave me six first-round draft picks and rotational players and expiring contracts, Portland's going to have paid Dame $450 million. They didn't get a trophy. Three times they missed the playoffs. Five times they were one and done. I'm not blaming Dame for that. But this idea that everybody's terrified if you just send them wherever you get the best deal and players will never go to Portland again. The best player Portland's ever had, Bill Walton, drafted and developed. The second best player Portland's ever had, Dame, drafted and developed. That's how you build this stuff. Free agents are nice. Rotational pieces are nice. But rotational guys are going to go who gives them a little more money, and they always have. You notice Phoenix now? Phoenix now is cobbling together a pretty good team. Why? Because you got a lot of good players, and those bench guys want to win games. They've already made their money. You can't negotiate in fear. Portland has to go for the best deal. I'd love to see Dame go to Miami, but Portland's not in the business of winning Pat Riley more rings. They're in the business of solidifying the Blazers. That's what they owe the city. That's what they owe the front office, the owners, the loyal fans who have come there for 20 years. That's not an anti-Dame take. It's a pro-Blazers tweet and a pro-Blazers sentiment. Now, Nick Wright earlier today does point out Dame wants to go to Miami and the history of the league, for whatever reasons, usually the player goes where he wants to go. They send guys exactly where they want to go. Dwight Howard, where'd he want to end up when he was leaving Orlando? The Lakers. Where'd he end up? The Lakers. Kevin Durant demanded a trade, demanded the coach be fired, demanded the GM be fired, then laid down his sword, and then three months later demanded a trade again, and they didn't even hold an auction. They were like, it's Phoenix, no problem. 
everybody gets to go where they want to go. That is the history of this league. Superstars like Damian Lillard, who are essentially the tenured professors of the NBA, guys who have been somewhere long enough and built up enough equity, they simply don't get screwed. Hmm. Chris Mannix around the corner. Dame to Miami probably happens. Not soon, though. Portland's going to be patient, maybe a little stubborn, and should be. Back in a second, 4th of July, happy Independence Day. It's The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources i'm hearing a lot of speculation that it's miami or dame will be furious let's start with that do you believe that to be true i believe miami is his top choice and if he has any influence to wield over this decision, he's going to push for a deal to Miami. I'm not so sure about the Miami or bust argument. I don't believe that Damian Lillard, if he's traded to Philadelphia or Brooklyn or some other destination, is not going to report. Or if he's going to Milwaukee. No, I, I think wherever it is, I think he's going to report, and I think he'd play to the best of his abilities because that's the cloth that Damian Lillard is cut out of. Uh, so I don't, I don't think the team that acquires him, whoever that may be, is going to have to worry about Damian Lillard throwing a fit when he gets here, pulling, for lack of a better phrase, a James Harden, and and not playing to the best of his abilities when he's there. Um, you know, the other thing is, uh, I uh, the best GMs. I mean, Danny Ainge is one of the best GMs in this league. He'll tear something down to the studs. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley. Um, a deal maker. I, I I don't buy into this. You know, you pay Dame three hundred million, and um, you can't. You have to send him where he's happy. That's not Danny Ainge's history. No, no, of course not. And this is where I I fundamentally disagree with our friend Nick Wright on stars always get their way. Let's use Danny as an example. 
I don't know that Brooklyn was Paul Pierce's desired destination if he could go anywhere <laughs> in the market. It was probably go back to Los Angeles and play for the Lakers or the Clippers. But the Nets were willing to come to the table with the best deal. Kevin Garnett was ultimately convinced and the Celtics were able to reshape their franchise by sending the players where Danny Ainge wanted to send them. Fast forward to last season when Danny decides that the Jazz had plateaued. He's like, we're going to trade Donovan Mitchell. We're going to trade Rudy Gobert. Everyone knows where Donovan Mitchell wanted to go. He wanted to be a Nick. He grew up in that area. He wanted to play for the Knicks. The Knicks made an offer. It wasn't the best one. Danny traded Donovan to Cleveland, got Lowry marketing, a whole bunch of draft picks in exchange. I don't know Rudy Gobert that well. I'm going to guess that Minnesota was not at the top of his wish list when he was going to be traded, but the Timberwolves stepped up and offered just a boatload of draft picks, and Danny took that deal. If you are a GM with a backbone, you deal the player wherever he's going to go. And more often than not, players show up. They play. Not everyone's going to pull a Harden and try to get out of there. They'll show up. They'll play. If only if for their own self-interest, they will play at the highest of levels. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty legendary that Pat Riley and Danny Ainge, this has been going on decades, <laughs> do not get along. So if Miami is the Dame destination of note, will Utah <laughs> get involved just to drive up the price. You know, there's definitely some spice to the Danny Pat Riley <laughs> relationship, which goes back to like the eighties. Like yeah. this is quite literally Celtic decades Lakers. long. Yeah. Uh, and they've had their public battles as top executives in Boston and Miami. Uh, I think it could be a motivating factor for Danny Ainge to keep Damian Lillard away from Miami. But you know, this Utah stuff, it just doesn't line up with the timelines. The jazz are a very good team with a, elite head coach, I think, in Will Hardy. But they're probably two or three years away yeah. with the talent they have. Young kids. Young kids who are, you know, Walker Kessler, excellent. Lowry Markin, excellent. You know, the, the young guys they have there are fine. The draft picks they're going to be, uh, you know, taking with those spots are, are going to be good, are probably going to be good. But, you know, Damian Lillard, you're looking probably at a two to three year window where he's able to play like Damian Lillard, That's all right. NBA guard. And I don't see the Jazz with him contending. You put Damian Lillard on the Jazz call next year, are they a playoff team? Absolutely. But are they beating Denver? Are they beating Memphis? Are they beating the Lakers in the first round? I, based on, like, put it on paper, I don't see that happening. So you know the Celtics well. I, I think being a number two is hard. Um, um, because a number two was a high school All-American, was an AAU star. If he went to college, he was dominant. And for the first time in his life, he goes to the NBA, bro, you don't get the shots at the end of the games. So there's a certain temperament required. Jalen Brown is a great two. Smart, gotten better every year. But when I read a story this morning, Brian Windhauer said the Celtics, you know, deal with Jalen's very fragile. I'm like, time out, bro. You're going to make 60 large. You never get blamed in Boston. They lose its Tatum or the coach. That's just the way it works in the league. The coach or the star gets blamed. Uh, They got rid of Marcus Smart. You've been in 105 playoff games. That's three times as many as Dame. It is a tremendous organization. You're popular and wildly supported. Great training staff. Great ownership. And I'm like, I like Jalen Brown a lot. But fragile... He may have the best, I think he does have the best number two gig, the best Robin in the league, doesn't he? I think you're probably right there. You just look at the outcome of the last two postseasons and where the blame was spread. Uh, In the finals last year, it was Jason Tatum who came up short. Jason Tatum took the lion's share of the heat. he still got whacked. He did, he did. And look, Jalen Brown played really well in that finals. If the Celtics had found a way to win it, he might have been the finals MVP. This season, even though... Jalen Brown struggled mightily in Game 7. A lot of it was Jason Tatum, and more of it was Joe Mazzulla. Right. I mean, the, the attention was all on the rookie head coach, and was he really the right guy for the job? Could he handle it? All those things. So Jalen Brown kind of skated there. I think two things to remember with Jalen Brown. Uh, one is, deep down, I think Jalen Brown believes he can be a number one on okay. a championship team. Well, his numbers... They suggest that he has been improving. Yeah, like the gap is closed, Colin, between Tatum and Brown. There's still a gap, but I think the gap is closed over the last couple of years between Tatum. I think Tatum's a more natural basketball player. Uh, Brown is physically good and more confident. He's he's a more a willing alpha. Yeah, I I think that's true. Um, 
but being second team all NBA, I mean, that's that's something. That tells you that he's he's continuing to grow. And the other part of Jalen's relationship with Boston is that ever since his draft night, his literal draft night, there's been a part of him that's felt unwanted in that city. I mean, he was booed. His selection was booed at the Garden on draft night by Boston fans that wanted the team to draft Chris Dunn. Remember, Chris Dunn was the superstar Providence. out of Providence, yeah. right down the street. They I loved thought he him. was going to be better, too. Yeah, see, <laughs> Celtics draft Jalen Brown. I remember vividly the fans of the Garden booing that selection on draft night. It seems like every year since then, every offseason, we've talked about Jalen Brown being traded. We've talked about him being traded for Anthony Davis for multiple years. We've talked about him for Kawhi Leonard. And now, we, more recently, we've talked about him for Kevin Durant. We're not there yet on Damian Lillard. It's kind of being whispered a little bit around some circles. Yeah. But that could be coming in the next couple of days. So Jalen Brown, I know, you know, from talking to people around him, like it's been a frustrating few years to see where he sees himself improving, he sees the team rising to a finals level, and he's still hearing himself in trade rumors every single offseason. So as somebody who's lived on the Northeast for a majority of your life, but now because of your uh, relationship and boxing, you now spend time in Los Angeles. And it's interesting, as a West Coast guy, when I moved to Connecticut, I really appreciated it, still miss it greatly, the people, the history, the traditions, uh, the architecture. It was like... I've told people before it was the best 10 years of my life. I It was just, oh, I got right into the belly of Yankee Red Sox, mm-hmm. the Nantuckets, the Rhode Islands. Like my life, I just, there's, it was like an encyclopedia and I lived in it. Now you're out West <laughs> and the Lakers have a lot of titles, but for most of the last nine years, the COVID year, the bubble year feels like it kind of counts and kind of doesn't. They've been a little messy. So when Laker fans say we won the offseason somebody how are they viewed east over how do you look at the lakers their weekend and how they what they've become in 10 years because they do have a title Mm -hmm. i think they had an excellent offseason in part because they didn't do anything transformative i think you know look you go back to Right the weeks and months after they won the championship. Remember, there was that short offseason between the 2020 bubble ending and the start of the 2021 season. They began a progressive deconstruction of a championship roster. That made no sense, right? They allowed some of the free agents to step away in that first year, Dwight Howard, what have you. And then Alex Caruso leaves the next year. You know, two years after they won a title, they were a completely different team. They were star hunting. They were doing things antithetical to the way the modern NBA weird. operates. Yeah. Since late January, they have operated like a functional NBA team. <laughs> they have, look, Rob Palenka, to his credit, made some mistakes early on, but he corrected them, and he has put together a team that makes sense around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Rui Hashimura makes sense. Whatever you think of Austin Reeves makes sense. And the guys they signed this offseason, Gabe Vincent, proven winner, can make yeah. shots. Torian Prince, terrific 3 and D guy. Like, they have built out a sturdy, reliable, deep roster around LeBron and Anthony Davis. None of that may matter. When it comes to next season, if LeBron starts to look all of his 39 years, which he will be in December, if Anthony Davis breaks down again during this next season, if that happens, all bets are off. But this team after the All-Star break was 16-7. and They went to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they got broomed, but they went to the Western Conference Finals. So that's not a team you needed to substantially change. That's a team you needed to nibble around the fringes with, and that's exactly what they did. I think if LeBron and AD come back as the same players they were this past season, you have to make the Lakers at least co-favorites in the Western Conference. You have to consider them one of the top two or three teams to come out of the West. So I want to ask you sort of a macro topic. Um, Shohei Otani had a remarkable weekend. In the American sports culture, specialization is big. That's where the money is. Mm -hmm. But um, what I am seeing with European basketball players is they come in not specialists, multifaceted. Jokic can do everything. Uh, Giannis, though limited on the perimeter initially, has gotten better at that. Um, Luka, highly developed early offensive game. Is that our European players are coming in, not specialists, multiple layers. Mm -hmm. The league feels like it's getting bigger to me. 
So when the Warriors don't get bigger, I'm like, oh, the window closed. That kind of feels like it. It feels like the league's getting more global, more Europe, back to bigs, but not back to the basket bigs, facing the ball, facing the basket dribbling. Now, in my lifetime, I grew up with Bob Lanier and Kareem. And then we went to great wings, MJ, Kobe. Then we went to small ball and three-point shooting. Am I overstating it when I feel like we're getting very European with massive bodies who we'd view as centers who do everything well? And that's what the league is becoming. It's getting bigger and small dynamic players do not have the value. I don't know if they you say it's getting bigger. Like Jokic is the obvious example. Who's the other example? Well, the Celtics added size. Denver's getting bigger. Phoenix kept eight. The Celtics added size, but I'm not convinced they're better. I mean, they added Porzingis because they needed to add a Porzingis. I don't know if right now, as we speak, they're a better team than they were last year. Look, Jokic is, he's not an anomaly, but I don't know if he signals a fundamental change in the NBA landscape. I don't know that. I think Giannis and Jokic are the two best players in the league. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, you could certainly argue international player as well. Last five MVPs are all foreign-born. No question. Look, there has definitely been a trend where size has mattered once again. You're 100% right. We did go through a 10- or a 15-year period where Mm -hmm. guys used to be described as tweeners all of a sudden became uber popular. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when like George Lynch, like what do you do with George Lynch on Philadelphia when he was this tweener? Nobody liked tweeners. You had to have to play a specific position. Nowadays, if you're a tweener, you're great. You can play three or four spots. Six, seven guys. We never love you. had more we, value. But never in their lifetime. Torian Prince, we just talked about him. Incredibly valuable guy. Uh, does that mean, does that mean that the way the game is going to be played is changing? I don't know. I don't think Nikola Jokic has changed the way the game is played. I, look, Jokic is a perimeter player. He, he's, he can do a lot of things. He can do things that guards can do. But the game is still built entirely around the three-point shot. The three-point numbers continue to go up. You're still going to invest in players like the Warriors have. Steph, Clay, players like that that can make threes. I don't know. I, I, think that we're, I think both can be true. We're seeing a trend where big men are starting to come back in vogue. But I think the current trend of the NBA being a three-point shooting league is only going to grow. I mean, we talked about Boston a second ago. If if the Celtics took 90%, if 90% of their shots were threes, Joe Mazzulla would be the happiest guy in the world at the end of, end of games. Teams are going to continue to hunt the three-point shot, and I don't think the evolution back to a you know big dominant game is going to change that. Yeah, what, what you're basically saying is... As the NFL quarterbacks got more mobile, Brady was still winning as a pocket guy. So Brady was just an outlier. And that Jokic is a bit of an outlier. He's probably the most skilled big since Bill Walton. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't, we're not, we're not changing the league. He's just going to be a pain in the butt for everybody outside of Denver. You can't change the game when, when the three point shot exists and, and, and teams have decided that it's a math the, the only shots we're going to take are threes, dunks, and free throws. I mean, that's really <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. That's what teams like actually coach. Like that, That's how they approach games. If you're going to have teams shooting 40, 50 three-pointers per game, you're not going to overly invest in players that are playing with the back to the basket. I mean, Joel Embiid still shoots three-pointers. He's a dominant low-post player, but he still shoots three-pointers. I know Giannis, for years in Milwaukee, they have worked on his jump shot, trying to make him even more of a three-point shooter. Jokic is a a somewhat reliable three-point shooter at, at this point. So, now, I, I think the game is is continuing to trend in the direction it's been trending, but we're seeing more dominant big men kind of be you know inserted and sprinkled into it. So if I said most of our sports in America tend to be top-heavy, college football, there's about six teams next year. College basketball, it's always one and two seeds. If I said to you in the NBA, I'll, I'll give you the, the teams. I'm surprised Milwaukee didn't make more moves. They still feel old to me. I would say, and I'm not sure about Boston because I don't know who their facilitator mm-hmm. is, but I feel like if Dame went to Miami, I would say, in me, Phoenix, Denver. God, you're so high on Phoenix. You're so high on Phoenix. I don't, I don't quite get it, but you're so high okay. on Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Boston, Miami. God, I wish Milwaukee got younger. Okay, can I just say my Phoenix piece? Yes. So this is a theory of mine. I have many. Okay. It's a say-it-out-loud theory. 
Like if my wife and I get jammed up on a kid thing, I'll say, say it out loud. Does this make sense? So if I'd have told you uh, in 20 years at a bar, I said, Mannix, remember when you used to come on that wildly popular show, The Herd? <laughs> remember that year that Aiton got his act together and grew up and Booker, Beal, and KD, and Gordon just blazed through the West and they just put on a shooting clinic. And then Denver came back and won the following year. It sounds incredibly possible. Mm -hmm. It is a shooter's league. Now, is there duplication? Yes. Like Minnesota tried duplication with centers. It doesn't work. But if you're going to have duplication, the Warriors did it a little bit with Katie, Steph, and Clay. We got an extra shooter for the short term. Different kind of shooters, though. Different. These are more pull-up guys. Than mid-range. The, a lot mid of mid-range jump shots in Phoenix. But the addition of Gordon, you they cobbled a pretty decent bench together over the weekend. Yeah, I, I look, Eric Gordon was an excellent sign. That's an excellent sign. Excellent sign. They got him from several other teams that were in the mix for Eric Gordon. Everything else, though, I, I can't get on board with just yet because it, it just feels very like buyout markety. Remember when Terrence Ross was signing with the Suns <laughs> and everybody's like, that's going to be a difference maker. He played six games in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it wasn't. It didn't turn out to be that way. Um, betting on Phoenix makes me feel kind of Lucy or Charlie Brown esque with Lucy, right? Like, like I'm old enough to remember the 2013 cover story that I wrote for SI, where I put what well, I SI put all five members of the Brooklyn Nets: Brooke Lopez, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, different Darren Williams, under the headline "Who Wants a Piece of Them?" <laughs> everybody turns out everybody wants a piece of them. <laughs> and look, and you put to Kevin Gar uh, Kevin Durant together with Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Everybody thought that's the next dynasty, that's the next big thing. That didn't work out. I'm gonna need to see it. I'm going to need to see it over 41, 50 games of a regular season to truly believe because, as has been noted, I do believe there is some uh, some redundancy between Booker and uh, Bradley Beal. Yeah. They need a point guard. There's nobody on that roster right now, and, and don't sit there and tell me Devin Booker's going to play playmaker yeah. for 70-plus games. That's just really not sustainable to me. And I need to see how DeAndre Ayton responds to yeah. Frank Vogel. I mean, I think Frank Vogel is the perfect coach for DeAndre Ayton he is. because he can go to him and say, look, look at what happened with Roy Hibbert and me in Indiana. Look at what happened with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. Those guys all succeeded in the system I built. I'm going to make sure you get 14 to 16 shots per game. You get your 18 points, 10 plus rebounds. I'm going to build a defense around you. So if that works, great. But right now there's a toxicity between DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns. So, I just need to see it, man, or before I get the football pulled away from me again with another super team that's put together with all these expectations that don't quite live up to them. Happy 4th. You took time out of your day and your holiday <laughs> for us. Uh, Chris and I always appreciate that. Anytime. All right. Uh, Ryan with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. We'll pick up where you guys left off with some NBA news here, Colin. Jordan Poole was shipped out of Golden State this offseason following the infamous punch from Draymond Green. But Draymond apparently wasn't the only teammate who had an issue with Poole. According to The Ringer, all of the established Warriors players had some sort of problem with him. <laughs> Clay Thompson specifically had reportedly become frustrated with Poole for not passing enough and shooting too much. <laughs> Yes, this is what we reported on this show, that pre-punch, he had uh, mocked other players' salaries and futures. Uh, he's kind of an erratic player. I always, the one where, place I'll support him is he does give you 20-21 a game when Steph didn't play. And I think it's very difficult when you replace Steph that sometimes I thought he played too loose, almost trying to become a mini Steph. I think that's a hard shoe to fill when you're young and Steph owns the city. And I do think he'll flourish as much as Jordan Poole can. But young players, Wiseman, Poole, D'Angelo Russell when he was younger, have struggled with the Warriors. He is not the only guy. Kuminga has been unhappy. They can't get him on the floor in the playoffs or won't play him. So I'm not going to bang on Poole too much. I didn't think he would last after the punch. But it's not a surprise that the guys with four rings and the veterans don't see eye to eye with a cocky young, you know, ready, shoot, aim guy <laughs> at guard. Yeah, it looks like 
The more we learn about this situation, it was sort of Jordan Poole going, all right, I'm ready to take control of this franchise. And they were like, hang on, dude, not yet. Wait your turn. All right, let's turn our attention to the NFL. Trey Lance started the 2022 season as the 49ers starter. But following the injury and Brock Purdy's ascension, he has fallen down the team's depth chart. His future is still up in the air as San Francisco waits to see if Purdy will be healthy enough by week one. But Lance says he's ready to go and excited to get back on the field as he heads into his third NFL season. Great spot, physically, mentally, and just excited for this year. I mean, I like to play. That's, that's kind of why I came here. So it's definitely hard when I don't get that opportunity. And last year was part of it. Um, just bumping the road and I'll be better for it. Well, he's going to get three exhibition games because they're not going to play Brock Purdy. And Sam Darnold doesn't need to play exhibition games. So whether it's fair or not, you're going to get three exhibition games and a lot of reps from him. And whether he's ready or not, I let's be honest. Purdy's going to be the starter, and Darnold and Lance are fighting for the two. And so they would love to see Trey Lance flourish in the preseason so they can move him. They're going to give him every opportunity to wow people. Like Kyle Shanahan's going to build game plans in the preseason to make Trey Lance look great because they want to get a fourth-round pick out of him. There was a report about a month ago where there was no market for him. They want to create a market. So um, that, that pre- the most interesting preseason player could be Trey Lance because they're going to play him if he's healthy, and they're going to build a game plan to make him look good. We'll wrap it up with this, Colin. Daniel Jones had a breakout season in 2022, helping the Giants get back to the playoffs for the first time under head coach Brian Dable. Despite the strong performance last season, Jones still has plenty of doubters. One of those people questioning his ability is Herm Edwards, who believes a different Giants player is the key to the team's success. When you think about this offense, they were last in the National Football League in passing with explosive plays. In other words, 20 yards or more. The star player is the runner, right? It's Barkley. And when you think about his numbers, he touched the ball for these guys 352 times. 295 of those were runs, and he caught 57 passes. By the way, he was their leading receiver. So if you think about the Giants and you're trying to defend the Giant offense, the first thing you say is this, stop the runner. If we can stop the runner, we can beat the Giants. Make the quarterback throw the ball. Yeah, and that is um, – and now their schedule is significantly tougher. Um, you know, everybody says you, nobody gets paid at running back. That's kind of the narrative now. Saquon's going to get paid. <laughs> By the way, Derrick Henry got paid. Running get backs get paid. They don't get paid usually if you've got a star quarterback. But there's about – Eight of those in the league, and then six other B-plus guys. Zeke got his one with Dak. Here's the way to get paid as a running back. You've got a B-minus quarterback or below. And there's a lot more of those than A quarterbacks. And the other way is if you're a running back with a quarterback on their rookie deal, like the Todd Gurley, Jared Goff stuff. So there's ways to get paid at running back. Average quarterback, rookie deal, or be Saquon Barkley, because Saquon's going to get paid. Ryan with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. All right, we wrap it up on the 4th after this. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. 
if you're an adult 21 and older that dips. Going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Saturday is Baseball Night in America on Fox. Two of the game's best go head-to-head as Ronald Acuna Jr. and the Braves take on Randy Orozarena and the Rays. Or the Mariners take on the Astros. It all starts at 7 Eastern on Fox. Check for the game in your area. Boy, the Braves went on a streak where they just didn't lose for a long time. It was like June, you're thinking Mets have a chance, Braves have a chance, there's four games out, and suddenly the Mets are like 15, 18 games out. The Braves are the best team in baseball right now and are uh, indisputably, and I haven't checked them in the last couple of days, but they've been really, really hot. So we talked about this uh, as we wrap up our show today, is that we went back in, uh, to 1990, 33 years. The least number of new playoff teams in 33 years is four. Four new playoff teams. Last year, it was seven. It was half the playoff teams. But if you suggest to people, we're going to have seven new playoff teams, everybody freaks out. Like it's a rite of passage. You got in this year, you'll get in next year. And so I'm not going to use the low of four or the high of seven. Since 1990, the average on an annual basis is six new playoff teams. So as I made my list this morning, and it's not finished, but I felt like on the fourth, let's be hopeful to some new teams. So here are the playoff teams last year, AFC and NFC. You can put those up. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jags, Chargers, Raiders, Dolphins, Ravens, Dolphins, AFC. And then Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Bucks. Now this will, that'll be an easy one because Brady retired. Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks. So I said, I got to find six teams that will not make the playoffs. So I eliminate six teams, and here's why I eliminate them. Chargers have a defensive coach. Kansas City and Denver are really good. I don't think three teams make it out of that division. I like Sean Payton and Russell Wilson more than Brandon Staley and the Chargers. And the Ravens, their top eight players, Seven have an injury history, including their quarterback. In the NFC, the Vikings will not go 11-0 in one-score games. The Bucs are gone because Brady retired. The Giants squeaked in. 
and their schedule is arguably the toughest in the league, and we have the Saquon story. And I picked the Seahawks, although I like them, but Geno Smith had a career year. They couldn't stop the run, made some changes on the interior of the defense. And to be honest with you, they're young. A lot of their best players are kids. Here are the new teams I inserted. Denver and Sean Payton. I'll take the offensive coach at the end of the year over the defensive head coach. And Pittsburgh's eight best players, eight or nine, only T.J. Watt has an injury history, and that was mostly just last year. If he's healthy, and he usually is, they win. The Lions have the best roster. The Saints have Derek Carr in the best roster. The Panthers are my shock. The world team with better defensive personnel than people think, and Frank Reich's a great coach. And maybe I'm a homer, but Cooper Cup, Stafford, and Aaron Donald are a year away from being dominant players in the league. I'm going to go with the Rams. Six new teams, outrage everywhere, but those are the historic numbers. From 1992 today, four the lowest, seven last year, averages six, and those are mine. First things first, around the corner. Thanks so much for stopping by. It's the Hurt. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 